Hello and welcome to the Matt Belair podcast. As an explorer of the mind and world, author and coach, I have spent a lifetime learning how to push my limits and achieve my highest potential. My mission is to bring you the most inspiring, conscious, and empowering teachers, leaders, and thinkers on the planet. To bring you stories, lessons, and messages that will help you master your mind, body, and spirit. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you enjoy today's episode. What is going on, family? Brothers and sisters, welcome back. We have an incredible episode for you today. His name is Adam Curry. He is incredibly smart. He is a friend of mine that I met at the Collective Evolution Party in Toronto. His talk on uh, consciousness blew my mind. I knew I had to get him on the podcast. And a few months later, here he is talking to you guys, educating you. Um, He will never say this. But uh, he's a really ridiculously smart cookie, like next level technologies. He has created an app called Entangled to essentially explore the uh, consciousness entanglement phenomenon. Uh, We're going to get into that. So maybe I'm butchering it now. He's going to he's going to help us out with that. Uh, He talks about consciousness technologies and just technologies in general. So. This is awesome, man. He uh, he talks about his growing up with his interest in Nikola Tesla, working at the Princeton Pear Lab, which is huge. That's a huge deal to work at that lab with just the leaders in the space. He talks about his Entangled app, random number generators showing the effect of global consciousness, C60, Carbon60, and his company Luminous, which is next level. So it's all, it's all here now, and I'm and I'm starting to bring these things into my life and use them and. And, uh, you know, we have these incredible technologies here now and so much more. We are like, you know, the dam, there's just like a couple cracks in the dam and it's about to just burst and we're going to get all these amazing new technologies, uh, you know, and he is working on some of them. So we talk about the importance of surrounding yourself with supportive people, Adam's two secrets for unlimited energy throughout the day, the mind lamp, which was in uh, Toronto and I used that was basically reading my thoughts and changing the color that I thought about, which is gnarly. Um, so yes, this is part one of two. It's phenomenal. Adam is the man. You're going to love it. Uh, if you want to support the podcast, all you need to do is leave a review, please. If you're thinking about it, just do it. I know it's paying the butt. Share the episode on Facebook. Share one episode. Share 100 episodes. All of that is fantastic. Go to mattbelair.com forward slash store and get some free stuff. I got uh, most of the stuff on there. I've got my Zen Athlete 4 lessons in high performance. You don't need to be an athlete. They're high performance psychology lessons, so that's there. Uh, three free tracks from Sync Tuition, Procabulary, huge discount for that. So all my stuff has discounts and free stuff. So it's uh, you know it's like my smorgasbord of friends and stuff. And so Luminous is going to be going up there soon because, again, that, that shit is next level. Um and there's a few other ones that they're just kind of like ready to release. And I'm going to be putting them up there too. Cause uh, you know, I speak into the people who made them and I'm like, Oh my God, I need that. And so if you guys want it too, you can have it too. And uh, that's it. So if you want to sign up for the email list at mattbelair.com forward slash lucid dreaming, you can get a lucid dreaming ebook and guided meditation, help you to learn how to lucid dream quickly and easily, or just sign up on the list, email list anywhere. And that's it. Stop rambling and, and let's get into it. So 
just before we get in, since we're in the spirit of global consciousness, the more of us that are in a coherent state, it's a vibrational state. You know, you feel different when you're anxious. You feel different when you're depressed. You feel different when you're worried and scared. And the idea is to get to a vibrational state of love and peace. That's it. So that's why we do this at the beginning and the end of each episode. And so, you know, for those of you who actually do this, that's awesome. Let's do it together. And, you know, when it's a few million of us doing this together, we're going to shift everything. It's it's a vibrational state first. So here we go. All you need to do is just start by taking in a deep breath in through your nose. Focus your attention on your heart. And then just imagine powerful white, golden, platinum, crystalline light coming down from the universe and just pulsing through every cell, muscle, fiber, atom of your being. And then just creates this vortex around you, this tube protecting and emanating. Just see yourself as this massive energy being, this just spiritual, multidimensional, infinite being, just pulsing love and energy and coherence. Just imagine and just see the earth sending you energy, sending you support, love, and coherence, and just feel just peace, contentment now. And as you focus on love and gratitude, Send your best wishes all to everyone you've ever met, your friends, family, to your enemies, everyone you've ever met in your entire life, and send that energy out to the entire planet, just through your own imagination, see it pulsing from you, just wishing for peace, love, harmony, coherence, safety, growth, connection, and just send that goodwill to everybody and i'm sending you that energy so you're receiving it from me as well you're hearing this i'm just sending you all of my love and support and good wishes and however you want to phrase that just may all your dreams come true may you go through this life with ease and grace and peace and remember that your whole perfect harmonious worthy right now as a human being that doesn't know everything because that's part of it so not supposed to be at peace with that there you go so that's it i know you're gonna love this episode this is part one with the man adam curry hello and welcome to another episode of the master mind body and spirit show i am your host matt belair today's guest is an inventor and tech entrepreneur in california he is the creator of Entangled, a mobile app based on the Global Consciousness Project that explores mass consciousness effects and the new technological possibilities of mind-matter interaction. Previously, he was an intern at Princeton's Pear Lab, a foundational consciousness research lab. In addition to Entangled, he is also the co-founder of Bionatus. Crap, I forgot to ask you how to pronounce that. Um, what is it? That works. Bionatus. 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 Yeah. Okay, cool. Shoot. All right. Let me finish this up. A unique R&D and investment company focused developing breakthrough scientific discoveries into successful end stage businesses. Welcome to the show, the man, Adam Curry. What's up, brother? Thanks, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, brother. It's good to see you again. Um, we were talking a little bit before we met. We met briefly at the uh, Collective Evolution party and you did a talk uh had to come up to you because it was definitely mind-blowing super next level i love everything that you're working on 
Um, and then I meet your um, friend and also collaborator, business partner um, in in Egypt. So, you know, it's a small world. It is a small world, yeah. This year has been um, a really good year for me to meet high-quality people um, from Joe at Collective Evolution and Ruby to uh, to yourself and lots of other people. And um, as I as the year is going on, it's one of those years where you realize that the world is very, very small. Um, everybody is kind of getting to know everybody else. Yeah, man. And that's a little bit of, uh, well, I guess what Entangled is, is showing. Um, you're working on a lot of really interesting stuff. And, you know, when I, when I watch you speak, you know, it was very short and I'm sure you could have went on for hours with the research that you've done, what you're working on, all very fascinating stuff. Do you want to give the audience a little brief history on your background, how you got to where you are today, and then let's launch into some of this incredible stuff that you're working on? Sure. Yeah, happy to. Um, <clears throat> you know, I've been somebody asked me this question um, a couple of days ago when I was doing a talk, and uh, I remember two stories in it that I think were actually influential about how I kind of ended up doing what I'm doing, sort of building technology and businesses around mad science. Um, I grew up in Colorado Springs, and about 100 years before, Nikola Tesla had moved to Colorado Springs and created a lab there where he was exploring a lot of his more futuristic energy stuff, um, which later became the power infrastructure you know, in the world in Colorado Springs. And he moved there because the rarefied atmosphere is really good for exploring how energy is sent back and forth. And uh, I was always tinkering and asking for my mom to bring home devices and things that I could take apart. And she um, heard about this Tesla museum. And so she brought me there and the museum was just like kind of a dilapidated warehouse where they actually had a bunch of Tesla's original devices, like the things that he had built. And no one was ever there except this one guy who like ran the place as this nonprofit. And so um, a couple of times she would take me there and sort of drop me off and the guy uh, would let me like actually play with Tesla's devices that he had built himself. And uh, so that kind of started my fascination with Nikola Tesla and uh, sort of building electronics in general. When you start to read Tesla's works, you realize that the uh, alternating current and many of the other things he was working on was really only the beginning. And uh, he had a, a kind of vision for a technological future that uh, we never achieved, unfortunately. Um, we got some of it, but we didn't get all of it. Um, <clears throat> when I was 15 or 16, I went to a bookstore and, um, I was walking along the aisle and there was this book that was kind of outside of the, it was kind of, it was taken off and it had been put back in the, uh, in the, in the pile. And I opened it up and I was reading about this thing called the pair lab, the Princeton engineering anomalies research lab. And I was like, Oh, that's very interesting. It's this group at Princeton that's doing this mind matter interaction research at the quantum level oh, very cool so uh a couple days later i went to a movie and my friend's dad ended up driving us home and he started talking about this laboratory at princeton where they're doing these stuff and i said oh that's very funny i just read about that a few days ago and he said well i'm actually going to a science conference at the end of the month at which the laboratory manager and the founder will, will be speaking would you like to go and I said, absolutely so um, I went to this meeting and the first people I met were Bob and Brenda, Bob John, who was the Dean of Princeton, who founded the laboratory and Brenda, the lab manager. And, uh, 
we started talking, I think, about Nikola Tesla and about some of the more exotic uh, ideas that he had had about kind of decentralizing the power grid and electrifying the world and all of these things. And I felt like kind of through synchronicities, I had landed at this place where like real science scientists, right, who are at the top of their game were talking about what could have been, right, with Nikola Tesla. And um, that's sort of how I got started. So <laughs> at the Paralab, um, I became an intern. Like This is like 2000, 2001 to 2003. Uh, the Paralab was a consciousness research laboratory uh, founded by the Dean of the Engineering School. Um, it existed on the campus. Uh, from my 1980 to like 2007. And uh, Bob, the dean, had become very interested in this question of what is the mind, right? Is it just an illusion of the brain or is it something more, right? Obviously the brain is involved, but there's this big mystery that academic uh, types are admitting to now, which is that we can't really explain what consciousness is without somehow invoking consciousness. So is it actually more of a fundamental thing in the universe or is it uh, you know, it's just sort of this ephemeral illusion, an emergent process of you know, material things happening in the brain? So he set up this experiment to try to get to the bottom of whether or not our minds might be something more than um, an illusion. And uh, so it became very well known for this experiment using random number generators. And uh, basically, you could think of this random number generator as a device that is looking at intrinsically random physical phenomena. So the behavior, for example, of electrons or, or photons in a quantum state. And you can't really predict the outcome of how these particles are going to behave um, based on what came before it. So it's intrinsically random. And so if you have this device that can measure these quantum processes happening, <clears throat> you can represent them as ones or zeros on a computer output, and it becomes very easy to do statistical tests. So this random number generator outputs an even number of ones and zeros, all is well with the universe, right? Until you get somebody to attempt to affect the device, ask them to attempt to move the thing up with their intention or their mind and producing more ones or more zeros, and it, it outputs more ones or more zeros in general in a way that's statistically significant, right? So that was the Paralab. Um, and the Paralab spun off the Global Consciousness Project in, in some ways. They were, they were related. And um, Paralab really captured the, the world's imagination and attention when it came to big questions about the nature of our minds and, and reality and who and what we are. Um, and when it closed down in 2007, uh, some friends and I got together and we made cheap portable random number generators for the research community to carry on the work. Uh, and we explored all kinds of different applications that random number generator stuff might go into, like consumer devices. And, um, and then in 2012, I went to uh, San Francisco and did the tech entrepreneur thing and started thinking about how I can kind of bridge the world that I had just come from, which is the world of consciousness research and electrons and circuits and Tesla with the current world, which is what's going on in Silicon Valley with apps and startups and all that kind of thing, because I, I felt that the two really kind of belong together and they would inevitably converge. So that's what's happening. Um, it, 
beyond just myself and Entangled, but my project, Entangled, is really trying to bring that that pair lab global consciousness history into kind of the modern world um, in you know computers and mobile apps and that kind of thing. Um, that's how I got here. Wow, brother. I didn't know that. I didn't know that you um, had continued that work. That's really fascinating um, because I had um... – Oh, shoot. Now I'm blanking on his name. Who's the Global Consciousness Project? Roger Nelson. Mm -hmm. Yes, Roger was on and, um, you know, we spoke about that. And I had heard about the random number generators at Burning Man maybe three, four years ago and about how the numbers went less random when the man burns. Um, so it's really fascinating data on global consciousness and is there anything similar to that doing it on on such a wide scale any technology doing it as widely as that and when the app comes out is that going to be the widest scale most advanced technology kind of monitoring and seeing what effect mass consciousness has yeah i i think when the app comes out it's definitely going to be the largest i don't know if it's going to be the most sophisticated um because there's there's other ways that you can produce, you know, true random noise that are more sophisticated than the way that we're doing it. Um, yeah, this is, might be helpful to explain what the Global Consciousness Project is. Um, so Roger Nelson, who also worked at the Pear Lab, uh, had the idea probably over a couple of beers that uh, it would be cool to spread these random number generators, multiple of them around the world, and to see if and how they behave similar or dissimilar when there are events that happen in the world that kind of like affect us all, right? So earthquakes, terrorist attacks, 9-11 um, is the famous example. So in the case of 9-11, what they saw was that the these, I think at that time, probably 60 or 70 random number generators <clears throat> um, started to co-vary, right? So they're, the data that they were outputting um, became less random across the whole network a couple of hours before the first plane struck. And then it kind of does this huge spike. Um, it's like nothing they've ever seen before or since. And that fit the criteria of the experiment, which was that they were going to look at sort of predefined events that happen in the world. And um, you know, if they fit this sort of criteria, then we're going to go back into the data and see if within that time frame and uh, there was a you know a huge statistically unlikely spike, and if so, it might kind of point at um, I guess global consciousness. The theory is that human consciousness or collective consciousness is somehow affecting the randomness of the fabric of reality to make it slightly less random in ways that are somehow meaningful to us. Right? So that's kind of the theory or the thesis going in. And 9-11 is probably the best example. So <clears throat> the Global Consciousness Project has been around for, I guess, like 20 years now, I believe. Um, the work at Burning Man was done by IONS, the Institute of Noetic Sciences, um, with Dean Radin, who also was formerly part of the Pear Lab. Uh, and Lauren Carpenter, who in a previous life was the co-founder of Pixar. And um, so they got together and they, um, Lauren created a, a new kind of random number generator that's um, really robust. It's quite an impressive machine and spread these around the, uh, the, the area in which Burning Man takes place and found results, I believe, very similar to what the GCP had found. Um, 
entangled, I, I think that you know we're, we're gonna we're gonna find a lot of the same stuff that the GCP and the ions have found with entangled, but because of the platform that we're using, because of giving everyone and tons of people a mobile app that essentially converts your phone into a random number generator, you can ask you can ask different types of questions and you can ask sort of more probing questions than we've been able to do in the previous instantiations of consciousness research. And I'll give you an example. If you are the GCP and you've just got 70 RNGs sort of spread around the world, <clears throat> um, first of all, you're limited in the amount of data that you have, but you're also limited in the granularity of, of things like geography. Does geography matter? Your proximity to an event? Um, and also meaningfulness, which is this subjective thing that it's very difficult to pull out of the data unless you have an app that can somehow um, look at what might be meaningful to a population. And I'll, I'll give you an example. Um, let's say that there is, let's say that there is an earthquake in, um, in India, okay? And uh, it's a big earthquake. And we have, let's say, you know, a couple of million people using the app. <clears throat> well, we can, we, we kind of know something about the location of those people. So we'll be able to see if there are effects that exist, um, that the effects, for example, are more stronger or have some sort of properties that are, that change as you get closer to the epicenter of the earthquake. So if, if you're closer to an event, does it impact you more in a way that's going to affect the fabric of reality, hypothetically? Um, but also, let's say that we do an experiment, and in part of these experiments, we indicate your nationality. And so there's a number of people who uh, indicate that they come from India, and but they're nowhere near India when the earthquake happens. They're in America, they're in, um, they're in Europe, um, but the earthquake happens. Can we then parse, we could hypothetically, but then parse out their data and see if there's a stronger effect among those people. And that would tell us something a lot more interesting than whether or not geography matters. That would kind of answer this question about, is it, do time and space really matter as much in these effects or is it more about how is it personally impactful to the people who are involved? Um, the idea being that if you're Indian, the earthquake in India is going to mean something more to you than if you're not, for example. So there's, it, it is the largest, but I, I don't think that the size really matters so much so as much as the ability to kind of push ahead with um, asking new types of questions about the about global consciousness. Um, there's this other side of Entangled too, which is the technology side, right? So um, now you're talking about the ability to put these sensitive physical devices into computers, into our smartphones, more or less for free. And if some part of our mind is affecting the device, does that mean that we can, in, in some kind of meaningful or interesting new way, connect the human mind to computers, like in a non-invasive way? So think of mobile games where now your only input is your thumbs tapping the screen. Perhaps there could be some sort of feedback in the game that is based on the emotional resonance or, in other words, the influence on the random number generator by whatever mechanism it had happens to work very, very interesting new potentials and horizons and, and technological possibilities that we're starting to unpack with Entangled.
Wow, man. That's super fascinating. My mind is kind of going all over the place with it. So, you know, the baseline thing that I've heard, you know, have you ever read or heard about the Celestine prophecy? Uh, I've read it. Uh, it was a long time yeah. ago. Yeah. Yeah, so the premise of that is is basically more or less when 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 all, enough of our minds come into this harm, harmonious state that we're gonna switch the mass consciousness and and move into a new paradigm. And when I look at, um, I'm reading the Life and Teachings of the Masters of Far East. Been mentioning a lot, six books, so it takes a while. Um, that and the really high level spiritual stuff that I resonate with that is you know either ancient or just you know is so on point. It will commonly refer to the global consciousness in some sort of way. It'll say, you're all connected. We are all connected. Now we're proving it scientifically. And one of the things that I personally believe, and I think that the data is starting to show this, that when enough of us can get into a harmonious state, really emanate and feel peace, really when you're talking about um, it's not so much the the location, but the feeling. So if we're putting out this energy to the field that is peaceful and is harmonious, when we have enough people doing that, it's just going to shift. And maybe it's going to be technology and data like yours that will show saying, hey, guys, like we have real data on this. And um, Dr. Joe Dispenza talks about it because, you know, he is helping more people cure themselves of terminal illnesses through simple meditation, just meditating. That's all. But he's collecting the data and the science. And he just says, you know, the more that your mind can wrap around why it works, the more impact it's going to have because you believe it more, you understand it more. Um, and so it's going to become more effective. Um, is that kind of thought something that you resonate with what you've seen in, in studying consciousness and then adding the technological piece to it? Yes and no. <laughs> um, so with Entangled, my goal is not to convince anyone of a particular point of view uh, about consciousness or about changing the world through coming together or about us being all connected, um, but it's really to kind of probe deeper into what those could mean and to introduce in a, in a, in a very easy, fun way the con like the the tip of the iceberg of what we're talking about, which is maybe consciousness has some sort of influence on the world around us. Maybe there's a little bit more to the story than the sort of rote materialism that we've been told is the truth and that's kind of on its way out. Um, and that's, and if I can do that, I'd be satisfied. Um, as far as taking things further, I really think that it's really not, if, if Entangled can become a platform uh, to, allow people to take these empirical results and use it to inform like the things that they're personally interested in, that would be great um, because it's, it's too much for one person or one group to really like be the, to be the uh, driving force behind some sort of new paradigm change in multiple different paradigms. Right. <laughs> um, when, when it comes to other things that are like popular in the world right now, like you create your own reality and that kind of thing, I think that's a slippery slope. Um, while personally, I do believe that like some of that is definitely true because I've seen it work in my own life. Um, I, th I think like invoking consciousness research or quantum mechanics or whatever it is 
to say, ah, oh, you create your own reality is like kind of, it's slippery. And we have to be really careful about like what kind of statements we make in that case. Um, tell you create your own reality to somebody with chronic pain, right? Uh, it's not something that they want to hear. And they're really not like sort of implicit or they don't feel like they're implicit or guilty in their, in their chronic pain. Um, and I don't, I don't necessarily know how best to navigate the, the new kind of like ethical questions that this stuff raises. Um, the technology side, I think I'm equipped to navigate, but, um, certain of the, uh, the sort of more philosophical implications that can be drawn between the, the fundamental empirical consciousness research, mind, matter, and action stuff, and things that are very sensitive and personal to a, a large number of people. That's best done by that's best done by others, and I th and it's it's good it's good that we're answering these questions. But the point is that it's not one kid or one group that's really going to have the answers for those things. But I think by kind of introducing a new perspective, kind of a updated materialist perspective or a pro-consciousness, consciousness-first perspective, we can we can probably have a better and more informed conversation about those things. Um, so that that's kind of my yes and no uh, political <laughs> answer to your question. <laughs> yeah, yeah, very diplomatic. I like it. <laughs> well, you're working, you know, the implications of it are massive. And when you start getting that data and, and we can probe deeper onto what consciousness is because that in itself is is just extremely fascinating and was it you that set up that machine at collective evolution where you would go in and there would be that uh that ball and then you would think about a color and then the and then the ball would change to that color or at least it did for me and i was trying to figure out how the flying f that worked i was like how does it pick that color so i went back out and I was like, okay, maybe it's like seeded me to think blue, right? And so I went back out and I tried it again and it and it, I thought about a color, a different color, and it worked again. So what the heck? So for, for me, if we're talking about how our consciousness shapes a reality, I think that part of it is going to be the hands you're dealt. Part of it is this surrender to, you know, your environment and random stuff that can happen and all that kind of stuff. But I'm a believer personally in that once something happens, we do have the opportunity to create a reality. So if me and you get in a car accident and we're both mangled, um, one of us can choose to see how we can grow from this opportunity and one of us can hold on to why this accident has changed our lives and we become alcoholics and we never um, heal from it. And that's a choice from our own consciousness in the sense of we're going to now shape our reality from from how we view it. So, you know, I kind of see the both both side of the scale there because no, you know, we're probably not going to be deliberately asking to be, get smoked by a bus or something. Um, but maybe you want to share a little bit on um, either a how that technology worked with, you know, the machine getting into my mind and choosing the color or me shooting a thought and then the color happening. Um, or going into some of these um, fantastic other projects that you have going on at Bionatus because all of them are really fascinating and you're sharing that you're you're using some unique scientific either algorithms or research to to create them I don't know maybe you can help me wrap my mind around it yeah okay so you tried the you tried the light at collective evolution yeah, yeah the uh -huh. light's cool 
um, I'm, I'm talking in abstract terms about random number generators and whatever, but I actually think the, the technology side is, is really where the fun stuff is. So the, <clears throat> the light's actually very simple. Inside is a random number generator. And when it output, when it behaves less randomly, uh, it will trigger the light to turn one of eight possible colors. Right. So the idea is that your conscious mind has no idea how to shift the bits in a random number generator. Like we don't know, right? But there's some part of our consciousness that the theory goes that is connected to the fabric of physical reality. And therefore, if you have this feedback loop between the colors of the light, your conscious observation, um, then it's kind of like the observer effect, right? That's like looking at the behavior of waves or particles and depending on how you measure or how you choose to observe it, you collapse that wave function in like one way or the other. <clears throat> well, just put some sort of content in between that collapse, right? So you are receiving the content, whether that's like a color change or whether that's something else, which in turn influences the collapse of that um, probabilistic measurement in one way or the other. Make sense? So, so I think part of the consciousness with technology <laughs> with you asked how it works, and this is how it works. Yeah, yeah, so, no, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It's like, man, interesting. Yeah. So it, previously, like the the collapse of the wave function is like you have a probabilistic system, and then an outcome that could be here or here, and then you observe this, and it causes it to be this or this, right? If you take that interpretation of quantum mechanics. So what we're doing is we're saying, okay, well, we're gonna we have this probabilistic system. And it could produce this outcome, or it could produce that outcome. But let's say we're not going to show this outcome directly to the human. But we're going to, if it's this outcome, then we're going to send this type of, provide this type of feedback to the human. And then when they, when they, they're going to observe the feedback, and that's going to collapse the system into, into providing that feedback. It's, it's a bit of a time distortion thing, I guess. Um, but that's basically the idea is you want to put some sort of human feedback in the probabilistic to deterministic exchange. So yeah, the random yeah, number yeah. generator controls the light, what it's going to become. <laughs> and yeah, that's fascinating. You're, you're taking like three things that I'm aware of. You're taking Schrodinger's cat, you're taking uh, the quantum split experiment. And then when I was in Egypt with Nassim Haramine, it talked about, uh, you know, how long it would take if you a blind person to have a Rubik's cube to solve. And the chances of him solving it are just ridiculously absurd, N you know, not going to happen. But if you if you gave just one piece of feedback, which was yes or no, getting closer or further away, then he would solve it for almost never, ever, ever solve it to actually solve it within a within a short time. So that's interesting. Yeah, and I am. It's funny that you bring that up. I was actually just thinking about that a couple of days ago. So um, we'll, let's say bracket the mind lamp thing. But um, if the, the process that you're seeing with a mind lamp, where there's some part of you that's affecting the system to give you some feedback or bring you some result or effect or whatever. So if that's true, which the research shows abundantly that it's true, uh, 
then we can maybe start to understand some of the mysteries of evolution of of how life came to be on this planet or any planet right um there's this it's been kind of debunked but like the the creationists um in arguments with um with the darwinists to characterize it that way will claim that the odds of um, life developing just by chance is x hundred gazillion to one because of all these things would have to line up um, and while that has been sort of debunked it's still very true that the odds of life coming together is pretty unlikely but then given enough uh, enough time then you know maybe it happens well that could be or that could be just like the the Rubik's cube, where it's absurdly unlikely that a, somebody with their eyes folded or a blind person is ever going to get it by chance, but if they have one piece of feedback, then it can sort of come together much more quickly and much more easily. Well, what if the, <clears throat> what if let's say you somehow start with consciousness, right? You have a, a very proto-consciousness, like a single-celled organism or a multi-celled organism, and how does it get from here to here, which is a more complex, evolved creature? Well, it could be through just like random mass genetic changes and so forth. Or maybe there's something about consciousness and the physical, the fabric of physical reality that makes things like synchronicities or co like lucky coincidences happen more often or in a more meaningful way to that consciousness that can facilitate its own evolution, right? So um, the things that it needs to grow or the things that are coincidental for it to grow and develop. Um, end up sort of coming to it in a way that is exceeds the likelihood by any like statistical measure. But it's actually the fingerprints of consciousness that is involved in that process. So you, you could end up with a, you could end up kind of resolving this issue of natural selection um, by, in, by properly understanding the role of consciousness in the physical world. Nassim has a much more elegant way of putting it called resonance. Um, but I think we're speaking the same language there. Yeah, man. Yep. Yep. Totally with you. It's really fascinating stuff. Um, for me, I'm, I just went through the resonance science foundation. I'm almost done that, that whole thing. And, uh, just the way that my mind is thinking now is different. I'm, I'm kind of just seeing things a little bit different, a little bit more scientific, um, kind of mathematical, you're like, oh, okay, interesting. And, and adding a little bit more depth and another view to see reality. So it's, it's really fascinating to dive deep into this and how we extract data and data is literally the information we need. And it's the feedback. It's just the information that we get from certain tests that, you know, the scientific method, um, and where we can take that. So I think that we'll, where we're taking it to is exciting places. And you're one of those people doing it with technologies and, um, you know, with, cause, um, Entangled isn't the only thing you're working on. You have six really interesting projects that I'm aware of. Uh, Luminous, I'm I'm curious about because it, it does have uh, athletic implications and I'm always looking for peak performance and things like that. Um, of all your projects or the overarching scientific method that you're using, what what excites you most? Like what do you what do you want to share about any of that? <laughs> Okay, well, I'll I'll tell you a story about one, 
And then let's talk about Luminos because you've tried it, right? I didn't get to try it. You didn't get to try it. I, oh, no, I didn't try I'm it. Sorry. I know. Yeah, I want to. I was, I was, I, yeah, I want to try it. Okay. So, <clears throat> you know, we've been talking about kind of like building technology based on invoking principles of science that are still forming, right? Or maybe in the recent past have been controversial. And anytime that you want to build a business or solve some problem, you really don't want to get into a competitive area where there's bunches of like there's a whole bunch of people that are trying to do the same thing. Because even if you're successful, you're just all your profits are going to get competed away and it's not fun. Right. Um, but if you're trying to solve a problem and you have like tons of people that are trying to solve that problem, like in my case, like there's a lot of people that are just much, much smarter than me and more qualified. And like, I'm not going to come up with some sort of crazy insight. What you want to do is you want to look to areas where no one else is looking for a variety of reasons. And because we are in this period where mainstream, strictly reductionist, materialistic science has really asserted itself as the only thing that is and was and ever could be, they've kind of opened up this these new possibilities in technology and therefore in business where because uh, most technology development has been based to some extent on this materialist model, they've kind of ignored a lot of things. They've closed themselves down to new effects ever you know, being possible. And so there's these solutions to these major problems in industry, problems that really impact us, that no one's that could be found if anyone was looking in the right directions, but in the right locations, but they're not because they just sign the textbooks say it's it's not there. So I'll give you an example, um, <clears throat> and this is one of the projects that. Um, me and my boys here are working on. So in the in the 90s, MIT made this big announcement, and they said that we've solved the pollution problem with, like for example, internal combustion engines, and we've solved it because we've found that plasma, right? So you know, like an electricity arcs to your finger or lightning, right? That's plasma, sort of electrified gas. Plasma has the ability to sort of deconstruct molecules, kind of like vaporize them. And so all we need to do is create a create a plasma fuel filter or a like exhaust filter, and we can eliminate the, the harmful constituents that are the result of, for example, burning fossil fuels. So they spent, I think, like five years and you know, millions of dollars and all the best minds were on it. And they eventually had to abandon the project because they couldn't make the plasma reformer. Um, they couldn't keep it stable. They couldn't keep the plasma stable. And so it wasn't a viable possibility. So they sort of gave it up. One of our guys um, was a, he was a professional drift car racer. And he got involved with, uh, he was like, the, became the driver of uh, a group that was doing tornado chasing. And he had this moment where this one time he got basically stuck in this huge tornado. And, you know, he thought he was going to die, but he, he witnessed this vortex motion of the tornado, like this, this spiral motion. And he kind of had this inspirational moment where he's, he's like, I, I, I see now that there are like these resonant or vortex forces in nature that are really powerful and they can kind of hold themselves together. So he's kind of transformed by this. So his uh, his sort of background in cars 
and this experience with this vortex um, tornado, he kind of put the two together and he was like, that's it. Like, that's how we can create the stability necessary for the, to hold the plasma together uh, enough to filter the engine. And so uh, after a couple of years of R&D, we've really solved the problem. Um, basically by modeling nature, um, trying to create a sort of like tornado of plasma inside um, this container, we were able to keep the plasma stable enough so that um, we can clean the uh, the exhaust that's coming out of an engine to levels that are are very, very good uh, beyond anything that the industry can do. So it's very, very exciting. So that's one example of um, how you how it's exciting and fun and um, to, to sort of build companies or projects based on these areas of science that are poorly understood or, or overlooked. Um, and so that's wow, a common what, thread what, between. Which hmm? company is that one? And when will we see that technology? That's that's some pretty next level stuff, man. Yeah, that's that's Thrival Tech. <laughs> which one is it? Thrival Tech? It's called Thrival Tech, yeah. Wow, cool. That's amazing. Yeah, it's a fun one. Um, I'm excited about it. Uh, there's... Um, there's a big TV show that's coming out about it soon, and uh, they'll kind of focus us on telling the story and discussing the possibilities. Um, so look for that. Yep. Yeah. <clears throat> and that's the kind of so Bionatus is it's the name means to harness nature. So what we're doing is we're looking to like forces or principles in nature, things like geometry and resonance and um, that uh, can help guide a lot of have helped guide a lot of the development of our technologies. Um, entangled, I guess, because we're looking more at the fabric of consciousness and physical reality and their connection. Um, with Thrival, it's more um, sort of geometries and spatial relationships and that kind of thing. <clears throat> so, yeah, so you didn't try the patches. Um, another one that we're, we're working on is a, it's basically like an energy medicine patch. There's kind of this problem in a lot of energy medicine where you, so you go to an energy med medicine practitioner and um, like if it's a traditional Chinese medicine guy, then he can do the acupuncture or he can provide the um, the various like minerals or whatever that you need to feel better. And it does work. Like it definitely works. The problem is it's not scalable, right? So it's expensive to go. Um, you might have to go a couple of times um, for them to diagnose and effectively treat the problem. And it's not one size fits all, right? So it might be a problem today, but the problem changes tomorrow. So um, getting it scalable and affordable and all that is has been the challenge and i think that's the problem that, that we've kind of solved here so um what we've been able to do is basically to take hundreds of constituent ingredients like anti-inflammatories um pain relieving substances a panoply of other things and uh, essentially take their energetic fingerprint or their molecular fingerprint and transfer that into a capacitive patch, which can be worn on the body. 
and we find that the benefits of the pain-relieving or anti-inflammatory substances are in turn transferred uh, to the body when the patch is worn. And here's why, or here's why we think it works. Um, you know how like nothing ever really touches, right? So it, it seems as though my hand is touching my other hand, but if you were to zoom in, you see the electrons in the outer part of my skin coming very close, but not actually touching the electrons of my skin. Um, well, that's kind of what's going on when you swallow an aspirin, right? So you have, you swallow the aspirin and the outer electrons of the aspirin molecule coming in contact with the body. You have this sort of lock and key mechanism or model that we have for how aspirin action works, but still nothing's ever really touching. So our thinking was, I, it, it's possible that the, that the electrons are actually not just dumb, dull electrons, but they're actually they actually carry information. So in our words, they're boundary conditions on the Planck field. Uh, but really what that means is that the electrons off of an, an aspirin may actually contain aspirin information, if you will. Um, and so the electrons off of something like arsenic might be arsenic information. And so can you take the electrons <clears throat> or that information off of the substances, the, the drugs, the natural substances, whatever that you want, and deliver that to the body? Because if you could, then you can have topical benefits of things that normally you have to swallow, and you probably wouldn't have the risk of overdose or side effects or uh, any you know contraindications that you do when you're swallowing the chemical sledgehammer that is the pharmaceutical paradigm, right? <clears throat> and so we chose a capac uh, we chose this mylar patch, which is, mylar is the same material that goes into capacitors, electric capacitors, and so it's designed to store electrons. That's its job. But it comes in different forms, right? From this plastic patch to you can actually have like fabric of woven mylar, which is what we use. So we have a, a very interesting system um, that essentially takes the electrons um, from the constituent ingredients, the benefits that we want, and charges those into the mylar patch. So then when you when you wear it, um, our, our first product is focused on, it's this, it's for pain relief. Um, so when you when you wear it, the you, you can feel it almost immediately when you put it on. There's this like sort of relaxing anti-inflammatory sensation that's, that's remarkable. It's extremely effective at um, stopping inflammation, which is you know what chronic pain is basically so for example we took this to a pain clinic and we had their physicians do thermal imaging uh, and thermal imaging is a really quick way of showing that when you, when you put like the 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 predator camera you know that movie like the thermal camera on somebody if they've got upper back pain it just it's like really hot and so it yeah. shows up pretty clearly so if you swallow an aspirin, then you know another 45 minutes or something, you might see a degree or two of heat reduction, which corresponds to the pain going down. With these patches, within I say a minute to 10, 15 minutes, when the person is wearing them, you see like a significant reduction in inflammation as measured by the thermal, uh, to to the point where the doctors like couldn't believe it. Um, and this was true in 100% of the humans studied in that trial, right? Um, 
So we've been working on this for a couple of years, and it's really um, it's it's been available for about a year, but we're really about to launch it soon. Um, one of the things that's we we have an athlete focused patch coming out. Um, one of the things that's been very interesting is that in a matter of months has exploded like virally among many of the world's top athletes. I, I wish I could, uh, eventually we'll, we'll indicate who they are, but um, I'll put it this way. If you're, if you're watching ESPN or you're watching whatever TV show, uh, chances are you're going to see these guys wearing these patches and they're not bandages. It's actually energy medicine that's helping them recover not just after the workout or after the game, but during the workout. So they're not as sore, they heal faster, and they're ready. They're they're good to go for, you know, for the for the next game by by wearing these. It's uh, the feedback has been amazing. That's that's not our marketing. That's like it's just spreading. <clears throat> so um, I, like I wear them. One of the reasons why like I feel like I can work so long, you know, like I put in easy twelve hour days is I wear Luminos patches on my shoulders, like right here. And I find that it just keeps me relaxed and keeps my posture correct. And I just like feel good when I'm wearing them all day. And it's been enormously helpful. Um, it's part of my like daily work routine. Um, yeah. So I, you, you've got, send me your address and I'll, I'll send you some. Yes, good. Well, I'm always interested in, in peak performance, you know, and and I know about inflammation. Um, I don't know who told me this, or but they basically said that, you know, the root of all disease is inflammation. And also with recovery, it's inflammation. So this is what the patch is doing. And when you go to the, the website, the athletic one is staminapro.com for people who want to check it out. And also luminas dot com l u m i n a s dot com um you have this star trek image of all of these things being like coming down and then just getting absorbed in the patch and so i'm looking at it i'm like okay this is interesting uh one way that my mind is seeing it is like a multivitamin um in a different absorption uh mechanism and then the second thing that i'm thinking and i'm just curious here um what other possibilities are there because i'm normally very very healthy um and what i'm looking for what i want to do is have more energy i want to have more peace of mind more clarity more focus could you potentially take these ingredients that you're putting in and make a different batch for a different outcome in the future it went once you Absolutely. have this, this technology okay interesting yeah All right, guys, that wraps up part one with the absolutely outstanding, phenomenal Adam Curry. I'm sure that he naturally started to blow your mind in there. Uh, I can't even express how smart this guy is. He is going to be he's working on amazing stuff and he is going to consistently produce more amazing things. I know this. I have full faith in my man. This is our generation. We're the same age, 33 and he is committed to making a change. I'm committed to making a change how, how I know how, you know, and he's doing it how he knows how, and that's technology and science and consciousness, and he's doing it righteously. So uh, check out Bionatus, B-I-O-N-A-T-U-S.com. 
that'll link up to all of his sites, including uh, the global consciousness which should be on there. And part two, he dives into the C60 and Luminous and and other things. I, I don't know how far uh, what was covered in the intro, but you know we dive even deeper. It's fa- it's super fascinating. You're gonna definitely want to catch it. If you like the episode, share it on your Facebook wall. Tag us both. We'd love that. If you want to support the podcast. You can visit mattbelair.com slash store. Check out all my cool friends. Sign up for some free stuff like the Sync Tuition 3 free gamma wave inducing tracks. You know, brainwave entrainment's huge. Uh, something that I use all the time. Measurable. You can see it. It's not a guess. It creates coherence in the brain. Super, super good for you. So check that out. And uh, yeah, that's that's about it. Uh, tons of love and support. Um, anybody wants some coaching out there, they just got to give me a... Email Matt at Zen Athlete. We'll have a discovery call, figure out if it fits because I only work with a certain amount of people if I have openings and a certain kind of person. And it's mostly somebody who's just really motivated and, you know, all that kind of stuff. But we got to make sure it's a win win for both of us because lots of stuff going on and I try to help as many as I can. And that's why there's tons and tons of free podcasts. So I can, you know, refer if I don't have time for one on one time, I, I can send you somewhere to just get good, juicy, high quality info and and all the resources I can to help make your life better. And if it's a one-on-one thing, my time is the most valuable thing. And so I just am working on so much different stuff. I'm prioritizing, I'm discerning, and I'm learning to handle all of the things that are coming in from the podcast and a lot of work and and uh, just doing my best to sort it all out. So anyway, love you. If you want to do that, just reach out. Be happy to support. I will do it the best that I can. So to close us out, again, I just um, invite you to come to a quick state of coherence with me. And all you need to do is just stop whatever you're doing. Even in the middle of the street, just stop. Matter? No? We'll be walking by in your office, at the gym, just go to the corner. Just start to calm your breathing and take a deep breath in through your nose. Hold your breath. Just let it out slowly, letting all the cares and all the worries and the stress of the day and disappear for a moment. Take in another deep breath in through your nose. Hold that breath. Just let it out slowly. It's calming every cell and every muscle and every fiber of your being. And once again, just imagine an infinite, powerful, golden, crystalline light coming down through the top of your head pulsing through every cell and every muscle and every fiber of your being. See yourself as an infinite, powerful, multidimensional being, perfect in every way, just as you are as a spiritual divine being. Just see something that you want to call forth in your human life. Maybe it's an ideal job or a girlfriend or boyfriend or husband, or maybe it's uh, some abundance that you need or, or a new career, and just see yourself completely unimpeded if you could just create anything be anywhere just relaxing on the beach being in the mountains in a beautiful home having everything taken care of you deserve all that so just imagine for a second your absolute perfect life if you're having a problem with this you know go to the heart journey that's in the soundcloud and experience that so you can get clear because it's simple it's being around great people and and being fulfilled in the ways that fulfill you so just imagine your perfect ideal life and as you do so sending you all of my love and support and energy hoping that your dreams come true and that you grow peace and harmony and ease 
being completely content with where you are now, knowing that you can have anything you desire on this planet. You are worthy, holy, whole, balanced, harmonious, full of self-love and self-worth right now as you are. So feel free to sit in that energy for as long as you like. There you go. Thanks so much for listening, and I'll see you in part two with Adam Curry. Thank you.